good singing, and I want to thank uh, Brother Ashley for leading the singing today. Uh, pastor's gone, Brother Stephen's gone, and uh, if uh, Brother Ashley hadn't have done it, then I would have been what was left. <laughs> and that's not good. That's not really a, a good thing. And see, the Lord, He knows better. <laughs> so He got Brother Ashley, and I appreciate him so much uh, doing our, leading our singing today and doing our special for us. So, uh, now it's down to my time, okay? So, y'all look nervous. <laughs> or is it just me? But everybody looks nervous. Nice. I'll take a deep breath. <sighs> calm down. If y'all can calm down, I believe I can calm down. I don't know why we always, me and Brother Ashley was talking, why every time you come up here, you just can't help it. You, you, just, you just get all stirred up and pumped full of adrenaline and, and, uh, and you can't get calmed down. Till it's all over, but uh, I am honored that the pastor would trust me with his pulpit today. I uh, appreciate this opportunity, and I, I pray that uh, maybe God will give you something that will help you. I know this passage of Scripture that I'm going to look at today has been a big help to me. I've, uh, when the pastor asked me if I would do this uh, today, uh, I, I, didn't, I was first thinking I would go to Matthew and and then, uh, then the Lord spoke to my heart, and I'd been looking at a passage in Lamination, Lamentations, uh, chapter number 3, if you want to turn there and be getting ready, and I'll read the text in a minute. But uh, I'd been pondering this and uh, meditating on it in my own devotions, I guess, for several months. You know, you write something down, I have it all wrote down, and, and you go back to it, and it just ministers to your heart, and it has to my heart. But I'd never studied out the history of it, you know, and why uh, this was right in the middle of the third chapter of the book of Lamentations in, uh, in Jeremiah's writings, but uh, he put this right in the middle. And I want to cover a bunch of history to start with. We'll read our text, and uh, then I'll, I want to kind of go through and look at uh, the outline of the book a little bit so that we'll understand why this is, this is in here like it is. Get it in its context, and it makes sense, doesn't it? Our pastor's taught us that, and we appreciate so much all the things that he has, uh, has taught us and helped us with and takes care of us here. So uh, I'm going to start out in Lamentations chapter number 3. I'm going to read, uh, start reading in verse 21 down through about 26. I'll read that to start with, and uh, uh, you pray for me today. Uh, I'm not a articulate speaker and everything, and I don't know the English language too well, but I have fun when I do get up here, but I hope it's not at your expense, you know. All right, let's uh, start in verse 20. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. Everybody needs hope, don't they? It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great! is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in Him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him, to the soul that seeketh Him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Let's bow for prayer. Father, today, God, what an honor to be here to speak for the pastor today, to speak to my brothers and sisters in the Lord. And God, to, uh, to represent You, to honor You. Lord, and that's the desire of my heart, Lord, that people would see Jesus today. Because we've missed it all if we don't see You. 
You're everything. If we have Jesus, we have everything. And we just want to thank You for the Word of God that You've given us. The truths and the, the, the things that help us and strengthen us. And I know, God, You, you help us all as we will get into the Word of God and, and read and meditate on the things that You've written down for us. Thank You for our English Bible. And Lord, I just thank You today, God, for each person that's here. I pray, God, that You would help us today, that we would come together in unity together just to seek Your face, just to seek Your presence. We want to know about Your mercies and Your compassions and Your faithfulness today. And we want to understand about Your goodness, Lord. All of these things You'll have to reveal to us because it's not in us to know these things without You. Pray that the Spirit of God might give us illumination today through Your Word. And Lord, that You would speak through me. You've chosen me to come and do this today, and I'm honored to do it. And I just pray for my pastor, God, that You would just bless him while he's out of town. Bless us now, Lord, as we begin to look into this, this passage. In Jesus' name, Amen. The title of my message today is Thinking Rightly About God. I know I always when I get up, I talk about that subject, but I believe that's probably the most important thing in a Christian's life is his understanding of the God he serves. His thoughts about God have everything to do with what kind of person he is. If we understand the holiness of God, then it should, it should strike fear into us. Because we can't comprehend the perfectness, the perfect purity and holiness of Almighty God, of Jehovah God, as it's given to us to understand. Only the Holy Spirit can help. But if we, if we bring God down to a manageable level, as much religion is done today, God have mercy on the preachers who have who preach that God will not judge sin. I think of the quote of Adrian Rogers, and I've, I've used it before, and the pastor's used it before, I know. But he said, there's, never gonna, there's not one sin that's ever been committed, or ever will be committed, that will not be judged. Think about that. We serve a holy and a righteous God, and a good God, and if He is good, then He must deal with sin. And the reason He does is because it destroys the thing He loves the most, and that's His people, His creation. Mankind that He's created in His image and after His likeness. It hurts God to see the damage that sin does to our whole world, but especially to His own children. And the church is deceived many times whenever, they, whenever we fail to think rightly about God, the person of God and who He is. And you know, we see this passage right in the, in, the, in the middle of the book of Lamentations. This is the weeping prophets weeping after the destruction of, Israel, of uh, Judah and Jerusalem. I mean, this, this is set right in a book of destruction. Jeremiah is broken He's defeated. And we'll look at just a few things here in just a second. We'll flip back over to chapter 1 and just kind of look at the, the history of just a little bit of what's going on. And then you'll understand why this third chapter has what it has about the mercies and the faithfulness and the compassions and the goodness of God and the things that are, that are true about our God. We must believe those things. They must make sense to us. We can't comprehend. It's incomprehensible, but it's knowable. 
And we need to know the things that are true about the person of God, the person of Jesus Christ, our Father which art in heaven. First of all, let me read you a verse that, that I wanted to that really spoke to my heart when I was thinking it's out of our New Testament in Romans 8, verse 28. And as we see the, the context and the setting of the, his, the historical setting that we're going to look at here in just a second, uh, we, we, we're going to understand that uh, it, it looks awful. It, it just couldn't be good. But yet our Bible says all thing, we, we know that all things work together for good. Now this is what God says. This is, this is written down under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's in the Word of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to His purpose. So do all things work together for good? Are all things good? No. All things are not good. And this book, this lamentation after the book of Jeremiah is horrible because of the destruction involved. But God is working as He always has and He will till the end of our time to bring Israel back to Himself. And of course, Israel, Jeremiah warned Israel for, for ages, uh, 40 years, a little over 40 years, he warned them of the, the pending judgment of God for the rebellion against God. They punished Him. He was put in that cistern and thought He was going to die when water was coming in on His head. The prophets, the false prophets were telling the people that everything was fine and always God is a God of love and a good God. He would not never destroy the city of Jerusalem or, or punish Judah for their idolatry and all the wicked things that they were involved in. And Jeremiah kept preaching the truth. He was the weeping prophet because he could see the pending judgment coming, but he couldn't get the people to wake up and look at their lives and deal with the things that were wrong. And repent! Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Jeremiah had a hard ministry. He had a terrible time. And as we look at these things, we realize that this is not good, but it's working for good. It's hard for us to reason that out, isn't it? But in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, Isaiah wrote down, For my thoughts, God's saying, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. The way we look at things and the way we think of things, that's not the way God looks at them. That's not the way God thinks of them. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Folks, today we need to think rightly about God. We need to think according to the things that are true about God. His holiness and His justice. And justice is served in the book of Jeremiah and then it's written about in the book of Lamentations. After This is written after the destruction of Judah and Jerusalem. In the first chapter, we see the children of Judah and Jerusalem provoking God to anger with their sin. 
being warned over and over and over by the prophet of God that judgment was coming because of the way they were living, the things that they were doing. They were provoking God to anger. In verse 8 of chapter 1, the Bible says, Jerusalem hath grievously sinned, therefore she is removed, God says. Folks, are we going to get away with our sin? Sure. Jesus Christ was judged for all our sin. But do we live how we want to? God forbid. We need to take a deep look into our own hearts and what is our motives for our daily life? Are you here to glorify God? To lift up the name of Jesus Christ? We had a tremendous opportunity just a week, this past week to go out and hand out tracts. We got together and we got our Christmas tracts and we made out up a bunch of bags with some candy. But they'll take it a lot quicker if you've got candy in the bag. And we went to Foodline and to Walmart. And I mean, we was planning on going from about 10 to 12. And we was done at 11. We'd handed out everything we had. People took it. Took the gospel. We got it out. We warn them. We share with them the gospel so they'll have, have hope, have an opportunity. They, they, the whole word hope is mentioned four times in, the, in, the, in chapter 3 there in, the, in that section. Not a, a little more than what I read. But I narrowed it down just for, to keep it short. Is it nothing, in verse 12 in chapter 1, is it is nothing to you, all ye that pass by, behold and see if there be any sorrow like unto my sorrow, which is done unto me, wherewith the Lord hath afflicted me in the day of His fierce anger. God is going to punish sin. And we're His children and He says that we, He will chasten those that are His. He won't chasten those that are not His. We may be, I've, I've seen some people come and, and come to church and live like the devil and you never see the chastening of hand, hand of God in their life. That scares me for that person. I'm not their judge. I don't know their heart. And I know Lot got away with a lot, didn't he? But who wants to take that chance? In verse 18, The Lord is righteous, for I have, I have rebelled against His commandment. If they're acknowledging that, but they're still doing what they want to do. Verse 19, I, call my, I called for my lovers, but they deceived me, Judah is saying. Then chapter 2, we see the punishment of God. As, as, now, now Jeremiah is, going, is talking about what has already passed, what has happened. And he's lamenting over, his, over Judah and Jerusalem's destruction because of their rebellion against God. Verse 1, chapter 2, how hath the Lord covered the daughter of Zion with a cloud in his anger, and cast down from heaven unto the earth unto the earth the beauty of Israel, and remembered not his footstool in the day of his anger? Folks, we need to think rightly about God. He's holy and he's just. And, it, and if he's good as he says he is, then he has to deal with sin. Not just in our nation as He did in Jerusalem, but in, in, in our personal, daily walk with Him. He tells us to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And He makes this statement. 
If the love of the world is in you, then the love of the Father is not. Boy, that's strong, isn't it? It's very strong. So where's our affections? Where's our heart? What do we know about God? You know, many Christians are just plain ignorant about God. They're not in His Word enough. They don't study His Word. They don't meditate on His Word. And they don't know Him. How can you know somebody you never spend time with? If you get up every day and you go out and you don't open your Bible before you go, how can you go through your day with God in control of your life when you shunned Him whenever you got up and left? Well, I'm, I can't get up and can't get going. You can't afford not to. You can't afford not to open the Word of God and look for something from God. You may not get something every morning. I don't know. I do. I just keep coming. Because I want to know Him. I want to know about Him. I want to know about all the attributes, the things that are true about the person of God Himself. He is infinite. That means He has no limitations, no boundaries, no measurements. And He's infinite and He's immutable. He can't change. Micah said, I'm the Lord, I change not. uh, I believe it's James. No, it's Hebrews. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday today and forever. The same. God never changes. He's immutable. He's infinite. He's merciful, which we'll look at in our Scripture in a minute. His mercy that He extends and and mercy takes away the guilt and the shame for the things that we deserve. He doesn't give us what we deserve. Praise God for that. He's gracious. He's kind. Goodness is one of His He can't help it. That's who He is. God acts like Himself. And when we talk about His infinitude, His mutability, He is self-sufficient, He is uh, self-existent. He don't need us. When we don't believe in Him, it doesn't affect God. He knows who He is. But it affects us. It destroys us. It tires us down. And it gives the dev- the world, the flesh, and the devil opportunity to lay hands on us and to put us in bondage as we fail to meet with God every day in the Word of God. Moving right along, I'll fool around here. My time will be gone again. Chapter 2, verse number 5. The Lord was an enemy. He has swallowed up Israel. He has swallowed up all her palaces. He hath destroyed His strongholds and hath increased in the daughter of Judah mourning and lamentation. See, this is what the prophet is weeping over. This is what he is is reflecting on. And you have to realize that Jeremiah, in his ministry, whenever the destruction came on on Jerusalem and and on, on Judah, everything he owned was destroyed. He's reflecting back at what... You know, this is what has happened to me, and we'll see it in the first part of chapter 3 here as we, as we start into chapter 3. Uh, and, and you know what? Uh, th- this is an example of, of Jeremiah not thinking rightly about God. You are to read this. Sit down and read it. I'm just going to use a couple of verses. But this is what Jeremiah says in chapter 3, verse 3. Surely against me is he turned. 
You know, we're going to suffer with the world whenever God's judgment comes if, if we aren't raptured. You know, hey, we are anyway. The world, I mean, financially and all the things, watch the news. We, we, we're affected by the wrong that's going on in our world, aren't we? We shouldn't be controlled by it. But it affects us. It affects our, our dollar. The way we live, what we can buy. It affects our thinking because they want us to believe we come from monkeys and that, that uh, there's no difference in a man and a woman. And on and on and on, all the things that they're, they're trying to uh, subtly and slowly put into our minds and get us to accept because we just hear it over and over and over that man wasn't created as God says he was in the beginning. If, if Genesis 1-1 is not true, then the rest of the Bible is useless. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If that's not true, then the rest of the Bible is no benefit to us. Surely against me is He turned. He turneth His hand against me all the day. He feels like that the hand of God is personally against him. Jeremiah does. He feels like because of all the suffering of all that is happening in, in, Israel, in Judah and, and in Jerusalem is personal. Doesn't he tell us to rejoice when we're persecuted for his sake? For his name's sake? Doesn't he tell us that? That when we come under persecution and suffering because of the name of Christ, he says we're going to be rewarded when we get to heaven. Where's the things that God offers to the children, to us today? The love of God. Joy. Love. Joy. Do we have joy in the circumstances in our life that we can't do nothing about that are making it hard on us? Do we still have, do we get frustrated, mad, angry? I've had a great week. Freddie had to put a tank on my pickup. I had a hole in it. My gas mileage went up, though. <laughs> it really helped my gas mileage. I didn't know it could get that much mileage. My car's down there with a motor packing. That hard rain, my granddaughter come running up the steps and said, Grandpa, the basement's, the carpet's cut, is wet. I said, oh no, me and Brenda looked at each other and went and got two vacuum cleaners and, and looked and where the water pipe coming in the basement, there's water running down the wall, running down and going under the two befores and down through the carpet. And, and we worked and we worked and, and, uh, and some other things were happening too. And I went upstairs just for a minute and I told Brenda, I said, Brenda, i got to go to the bathroom. So I took off and I went and I, I, I just, I sit and I said, Lord, I can't do a thing about this. It's pouring the rain. Water's running down that wall. It's a carpet. You can see it standing in the carpet where the floor is so good and level. And I said, Lord, I can't. And I'm not, I don't want to fall apart. I really don't. You know, I would really like to know how to handle this. So, so you, you know, Lord, I want to give you this. I just handed it off to God best way I know how. Not that I know what I was doing. But I didn't have no one. I could have went all pieces and just hollered and whined and been a real testimony to my five grandchildren that were there. I could have just had a hobo fit. But God gave me something that I, that's not normal to me. I'm a worrywart. 
I fret and I whine and I pine and I carry on. But God has helped me. And then see, I can't, you can't brag about something that you received that you didn't produce yourself, can you? And he tells us that everything we have is a gift from God. Therefore, how can we glory in having it when somebody else gave it to us and we didn't produce it ourselves? And God came over me with such a peace. And see, it rains every other day. How are you going to dig out the side of a house, probably a hole twice the size of this pulpit, to get down to that water pipe, to clean that wall, and then plaster it with tar or whatever, and I need to talk to a plumber, and try to patch that wall? I had to do it about 20 years ago. Evidently, I didn't, I didn't get a warranty on that one. <laughs> and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, and you know what? And you, you, don't, you can believe this or not, it doesn't matter. It quit raining. I went down there, and Brenda was still cleaning up one spot, and she says, we'll get this, and we'll go over there, and we'll try to stop that. I said, okay. And we went over there, and I went outside to see if the, the gutters were stopped up, or what, what was running that water against the house. Everything I've cut and fixed for it to run away. There's just so much water in the ground that it goes where it can. And it's going in my basement. And that ain't good. And I kid you not, within 10 minutes, the water had quit running. How could that be? How could that be? I'll tell you how it could be. God intervened on my behalf. That humbles me. But God wants to work in our lives like that. I believe that. He wants to catch us in our hardest situation, our most miserable condition that He can catch us in. And He wants to help us. He wants to give us those mercies and all of those things. I told uh, Mary, I said, I'll probably get done early today. And she looked at me and never said a word. Here we are 20 after and I ain't even got started on the message. I'm still in the introduction. To move right along, do you see the dilemma that Jeremiah's in and why he's thinking wrongly about this issue? Also, when I cry and shout, He shutteth out my prayers, Jeremiah says. He can't hear my prayer. God's not listening to my prayers. That's not true. That's not true. Now, if we regard iniquity in our heart, God will not hear us, but He, he hears. He knows. He just maybe can't answer because of our sin. Maybe we ought to check it up. Hey, maybe one time, Dwight, I got the sin out of my life and God was able to bless me. Isn't that cool? God wants to bless His children. How much more does He want to bless us? And the Scriptures tells us that. Then we want to bless our children. Our own children. But we're going to have to think rightly about God. I'm not going to read any more, but go back to our text here. And look in verse 21. And the first thing he says is, This I recall to my mind. We're made up of mind, will, and emotions. Our heart is our mind, our will, and our emotions. We think with our mind. God has given us the mind of Christ through the Word of God and the teachings of the Spirit of God. He says we need to, this word recall means to turn. Gives you the idea of repentance, doesn't it? I need to recall, I need to turn and look back. I need to turn and look at the circumstances in a different light with God in the picture instead of the circumstances alone. 
He says, this I recall to my mind. Therefore have I hope. And you know what? That, that expectation, that sure thing. We have, God's there. That's true. That's right. And we should believe that God in our miserable condition, whatever it may be, that God is there. And He wants to stop the water from running in the basement. He wants to show Himself strong. And I know every one of us is bound to have a testimony where you know God came on the scene. And you'd just love to see that in your life all the time. We're going to have to think right. We're going to have to turn our mind back to the Word of God and look at the things that God is doing. Now, now, Jeremiah right here, he's looking at, the, at all of the destruction. He's lost everything he has. He's been persecuted. He's been, through, he, he's been through more than we could ever dream or explain. And he said, God's not hearing my prayers. He's shut me out. He's turned me away. He's not taking care of me. One place he says, the arrows that they're shooting are pointed at me. And then all of a sudden he says, I think I need to think different. This I recall to my mind. Now he's going to tell us what. Therefore, because I recall this thing to my mind, I have hope. I can be patient. It is of the Lord's mercies, not the world's. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. It is of the Lord's, and the word Lord, there's all capital letters. That's Jehovah, the most holy, the self-existent God. It is of the holy, most self-existent God, the most holy and perfect God. It is of the Lord's mercies. It's of His kindnesses toward me when I asked and gave Him. I didn't ask Him to stop the water. I just told Him that I, I gave it to Him. I said, I can't, I can't do nothing about this. I, I'm, I'm, it, it, there's... This I recall to my mind. Therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies. It's the fact that I can trust God and depend on His mercies that are already there. That we are not consumed, annihilated, destroyed completely. It is the of the Lord's mercies that we live day by day. That somebody doesn't shoot us going down the road. Or we don't have a crash and kill us. Or there are many other things that could happen. A heart attack. Anything that might hit us. It is of the Lord. And we are not consumed. Because God has something for us to do. If you're here today, God has something for you to do. Many people have God has something for them to do and they don't show up. Because His compassions, His benevolence toward us, He wants more than anything for His children to prosper. Spiritually. If we come to the place where we want to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's what He tells us to do, is to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we come to the place that the purpose for our life is here to glorify and serve Him, then our world's going to be different. It's going to look different to us. The threatening things in the world aren't going to be near as threatening because God's bigger than all of that. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Because his compassions fail not. I love this. 
They are new every morning. Now he's talking about his mercies and he's talking about his compassions. And you know what? We think of this in the terms of earthly terms uh, that they're new and fresh early in the morning. And they are, because he says they are. But see, him being the infinite, immutable, all-powerful, all-knowing God, they never diminished all night long. Or through the day before, we never strained them by going to Him to have them, to get them. His mercies are the greatest they can ever be, and we can, and my words don't do Him honor. And they are, they, they are never weakened or strained. And His compassions are always toward me and always toward you. He always hurts for us when we turn from Him and go our own way. When we get up of the mornings and we go out the door and we don't have time to open the Word of God and let Him to speak to us just a minute, it hurts Him. It breaks His heart. Because He knows it doesn't affect Him as far as His day, but He knows your day's not going to go as well. You may not believe that. Just start tallying up each day and watching. How do you handle things? It's not what happens. It's what kind of Christian, what kind of person you are when it happens. I love to say I was always so full of faith, I'd just say, Lord, I give it to you, but I don't always do that. That's the reason my blood pressure is up. That's the reason my sugar's up. You know what? When we don't trust God, when we run on the adrenaline, when we're always straining ourselves and worrying and fretting and running and doing, we're promoting the destruction of our own body. We're destroying our own body by putting it through things that God never intended to go. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God as we study and as we have more confidence and more trust in the Lord as we're able to depend on Him and know in our heart that He's there for us and He's going to take care of the situation. And there's nothing can hurt us as long as we're in the will of God. That brings peace to the body, doesn't it? To the mind. If the mind's at rest, the body's at rest. If the mind's not at peace, if the mind's not at rest, the body's not at rest. The body suffers. It carries the load that the mind gives to it. Pastors taught a lot on that. And we need to, we need to really focus in on our own personal lives, on the way we think about each day and the events that come to us. See, these mercies and these compassions, they never weaken. They're in their fullest power and form available to each one of us personally all the live long day and all the live long night. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faith. Abundant is thy faithfulness. Sufficient. Sufficient. You know what? Take a word like that. Go to 2 Corinthians uh, 9.8. I believe it is. I'll read this verse. Because I tried to memorize it, and I didn't. But I'm, I'm going to someday. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always having all sufficiency. It's all sufficient in Him having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Abound. 
not get through it, not struggle through it, not drag through it, and then try to prop it back up because it's a mess because I did it. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that ye always, at all times, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Do you want to abound to every good work? It's up to you. You've got to think rightly about the God you serve and who He is. You know, it's not to know so much about His actions as it is about His person, about His holiness, about His justice, how, how uh, mercy rejoiceth against judgment. can't explain that, can you? God rejoices to hold back the judgment from the nation of Israel, from the church, from the world. And if you go on down, down look down in verse 31. And see, His whole purpose for Israel is to bring them back. Seventy years they're gone to captivity. They can't shorten that. Because see, they done planted the seed and now they're reaping the harvest. Every time we plant a seed in our daily life, we're going to reap a harvest. You know that? But he, said, he tells Jeremiah, Jeremiah remembers for the Lord, verse 31, chapter 3, for the Lord will not cast off forever. Israel, Judah, Church of Jesus Christ, Victory Way Baptist Church, Danny Beasley, and you. For the Lord will not cast off. We aren't being defeated. Do you ever get, does something ever happen to you and you say, Lord, why did you do that? Anybody ever do that? Oh, no. You're always pure as a wind-driven snow, aren't you? But though He cause grief, yet will He have compassion, verse 32, according to the multitude of His mercies that never diminish, never get weak, never back down. For He doth not afflict willingly, nor grieve the children of men. God doesn't delight in bringing judgment on people for their sins. He doesn't he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. But folks, if we don't think rightly about God, how are we going to take the gospel to a lost and dying world? If we don't get up and we don't know the gospel and how that God said, Except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. If we do not share the gospel with the world around us, we do not have a right understanding of the holiness of God and that sin must be judged. And let them know that it was judged. All sin has been judged and taken care of. The penalty for sin has been paid in the person of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. He died as He received my punishment and your punishment. Spiritual and physical. But it didn't stop there. He rose from the dead for our victory. And now we, all we can do is put our trust. You know that same gospel that saved us is the same gospel that gets us through the hard times day in and day out. It's the same blood that washed all our sins away, past, present, future. It makes us clean and pure and acceptable at the sight of a holy and a just God. Oh, the, the, the attributes of God. I wish I could just teach on that. All the different things that are true about God that never 
conflict with the unitary being of God. He's perfect. And perfection came, fulfilled the law of God before God, and then went to the cross. And there He died, and He paid the penalty. The wages of sin was death. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to our own way. He hath laid on Him the iniquity, the sin of us all. And He's told us that whosoever would call on the name of the Lord would be saved. It's simply by putting your faith and your trust, as the pastors used the example about the chair, putting your full weight and trust in what Jesus has already finished. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And He tells us that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If you're here today, you can't, and you're not saved, you can't think rightly about God because you don't have the teaching Spirit of God living in you. He desires to come into the life and into the heart of the individual and show Himself strong in their lives. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. The sea is His, and He made it. Psalm 95. And His hands formed the dry land. This is the God that takes care of your needs. This is the God that's compassions fail not. And His mercies are new every day that went to the cross. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. And that's in, in our King James Bible, Maker's capitalized. For He is our God. You've never trusted Christ as your Savior. If you don't know if you died today that you'd go to heaven, then today's the day that you should put your faith and your trust in Christ. We'd love to share with you. Sit down with a Bible and show you how you can trust Christ. Christian, born again believer, get in the Word of God. I don't know that I could say any, to do anything else but more than that is to get into the Word of God and prayerfully look for Jesus Christ. You'll find Him in Lamentations. His mercy. He's in mercy. He's in all of it. If you would, stand to your feet. Bow your heads and we'll close in prayer and I'll let brothers going to come and give a, give a uh, song of invitation in just a minute. But how do you think about God, Christian? How is your thoughts established about the person of God? Don't let it be with the teachings of this world. Make sure it's according to the Word of God, okay? Father, today we, I thank You, Lord. I thank You for Your compassions. I thank You, God, that you are, You're merciful to us. Oh, Lord, if we got what we deserved on a daily basis, we'd be in a lot of trouble. But, Lord, You're merciful and You're gracious and You're kind. I love that word. Your goodness took care of our sin on the cross. You didn't overlook it. You didn't leave us living in our sins. But You cleansed us. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I pray God today that You would help each one of us, that we would draw a little closer to You, that we'd look to You and we'd depend upon You. And Lord, how merciful, how compassionate, how good, and how gracious You are to us. Thank You in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother, if you'd come.